Well, amen, amen. Good morning, church. If you are here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor, and I welcome all of you. And for those of you who are joining us online, God bless you. I want to share with you that we are in our second week of our current sermon series that is titled Marriage on the Rock. Now, I don't be, with communion here today, I don't have time to give a little a big recap of what we started out with last week, but it set the foundation of what we were going to be doing for the next five weeks, especially during the month of February. Why? Because when you think about uh, Valentine's Day, we think about relationships, we're thinking about things that you can do, think about love, and so, so why not just do it uh, instead of a, one day, we do it out as it spread it out for a whole five weeks. And so we set the foundation last week, and so if you missed the sermon, I encourage you to go back to our YouTube channel uh, or the, our Facebook, and there's a playback option to hear the message. We're gonna, every week is going to be a different theme, so if it doesn't build on something, but if we can go and hear what the themes are. Last week is understanding your roles, as well as this week, we're going to be talking about protecting your marriage, protecting your relationship. And I want to talk about ways that you can uh, protect your marriage, protect your relationships, whether you've been married for so, uh, for so long or you just got married or you're, you're engaged to get married or you're, you're, you're saying marriage is not for me. It's whatever it may be. You, we can understand relationships and how we can build uh, from each other. Today, as I mentioned, it is about protecting your relationship and in marriage, I want to talk about a topic that is not talked about so much in church, and, but it is something that is important in our um, marriage, and our relationships, and that is adultery. Now, adultery is one thing that in our relationship we must protect from. Jesus understood this and warned that, and, and the only thing against it would be against thinking and the attitude that goes along with it. And we're going to go into the scripture of Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to be reading uh, beginning on verse 27, and Jesus is here teaching about adultery. Uh, So the word says this, and I'll stop intermittently to share a few words. Now, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. So let me pause there for a moment. Jesus is already starting out with this uh, message uh, relating back to the Old Testament book of Exodus where it talks about the Ten Commandments and on chapter 20, verse 14, it says, you shall not commit adultery. But then when you talk about adultery, talking about the consensual uh, sexual relations between an individual and another, especially if they are one of them, uh, is at least one of them, is married. But Jesus goes beyond the physical adultery of, the, uh, of this. He goes on in verse 28, he says, But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So now Jesus is not only talking about the physical uh, part of adultery, he's also talking about the psychological adultery. And when it comes into that psychological, and we did about today, that one of the examples when we talk about the psychological adultery is pornography. Pornography, as I was looking into the, uh, the, the engine, you know, the search engines, uh, one of the things I found was the latest one was 2017 statistics regarding pornography. So I want to share with you is that according to the statistics, again, 2017, I wish that, um, we had 2022 uh, numbers, but it says porn sites get more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. 
According to various reports, the porn, the porn industry's net worth is $97 billion. Billion. Every year, Hollywood releases roughly 600 movies and creates a, a $10 billion in profit versus the porn industry, and what do they make? According to the study, it says 13,000 films are cre were created in, in, in one year and close to 15 billion in profit. The porn industry makes more money than Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA combined. And yet, when we think about adultery, we think about those who are physically doing this adultery and Jesus is saying, you know, you gotta go beyond that. You gotta be on, beyond just the physical adultery, the psychological adultery, and Jesus is saying here, continuing on verse 29, it says, so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, Jesus is not speaking here uh, literally to, to gouge your eye out, especially the good one, or, or to cut off your, your good hand. Because if that was the case, if it was our eyes that were causing us to sin, and if it was our hands that was causing us to sin, and we had to cut it off, who would be with hands? And who would be with eyes? We are all sinners. We all fall, fall short of the glory of God. So when we're talking about in this scripture, and we're talking about adultery, we're talking about the uh, uh, psychological adultery and the physical adultery, Jesus is saying here, if it's your eyes, then, then gouge it out, or if it's your hands, then, then cut it off. But think about this for a moment when you're looking at pornography. It's the visual, right? Or if you're using your hands to uh, click on the, 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 the links on your devices or, or your computer, what can you do when you are tempted with just looking at something that is going to mess up your relationships? And sometimes we go in our relationships and, and, and try to build each other up and then because you, you like something better or you, you're not getting something in, in your marriage, you try to look for it somewhere else. How can we protect our relationships? And the reason why I'm bringing this over to the church, we don't speak about it a lot in church, and we should. The Bible is speaking about it. Jesus is speaking about it. And so therefore, why shy away of a hard and difficult subject? Once uh, adultery is committed, many times when I'm, throughout my years of ministry, and someone has uh, fallen to the trap of adultery, they usually say, not every word verbatim, but it usually comes down to saying, I let my guard down. They let their guard down. So what's the guard? It's like, is the protection that has been brought down when they were trying to protect their marriage, protect their family, protect their relationship, and they let their guard down, even for a moment, how it can be devastating because you have broken the covenant that you were said before each other in your wedding ceremony. 
You know, those mo- that moment you came down, I shared with you last week, that the ceremony in itself, wedding, it, that is only for a half hour maybe or an hour, make it special. And, but marriage is to be a lifetime. It is those moments where you have shared your vows to each other. And I've shared them because last time I forgot them. So I've shared them here. <laughs> When I say that, it's the tradition of vows. And most of you talk about the tradition of vows here, where it says that you look in each other's eyes. The mascara is coming down from the bride's face. And that doesn't matter because she still looks beautiful. And looking right in the eyes, when I usually do that, you know, I, I, I ask for the, the bride and groom to, to look at each other. Because I don't want them just to say it, but really mean it as they're looking at each other in their eyes and saying these words to have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. To love and to cherish until we are parted by death. And then some of you may have even were brave enough to write your own vows because they meant something special to you. The moment that you said yes to your bride or, or, or to your groom, that was the moment you said yes to them and no to everybody else. So what can we do? I'm going to go into Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 4, I've got uh, several scripture readings here today. The Bible says on 13, verse 4 of Hebrews, it says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. This verse says a lot about not being faithful is also dishonoring your marriage. It is the breaking of the covenant. One way to protect your family is to pay attention to each other's needs. When I gather to the, the couples who are going through uh, the premarital counselings, there are times that we meet together and I speak about the needs that they each must have, talking about the individual needs. Yes, there are two who are becoming one, but yet they are still individuals. So we got to make sure that each individual person is taking care of their own individual needs. Then you got family needs. Then you got financial needs. Then you got, God bless you, and you got spiritual needs. And you, and you got physical, and you got, and you got uh, psychological needs. For those of you who are online, why don't you put, uh, uh, type in there what kind of other needs that you have, um, you need for your relationship. It is so important that we focus not only on our own needs, but the needs of the individual where you're trying to build a relationship with. And how can you protect it? Let me share a few things with you. We gotta be intentional about learning what your spouse likes and doesn't like. Be intentional about it. 
By knowing that information, I've shared with you, I'm, I'm married 26 years to Ani, and I still continue to learn from her, and she still continues to learn from me. Because in the midst of life, there's also changes, and then if you don't pay attention to those changes, you're going to think back, oh, why isn't it like it, uh, uh, how it was back then, how it is now? Be like, girl, don't you know I'm getting older? Let's go, let's go run. Let's go ice skating. Let's be like, my knees can't take that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> be intentional. So if you know what the likes are, you know what the dislikes are, then you know what to get them as a gift. That doesn't have to be only for Valentine's Day or their birthday or Christmas, but you can get them gifts at the various times. Get them flowers when they least expect it. Protect that family, protect that relationship, protect that, that, uh, that marriage. Know what kind of chocolates they like. I know that, you know, that the, the, the chocolates that my wife likes and, and as well as the, her favorite flowers. So if, there's, if I see them and I'm at, at the stores or things, I'm like, I'm going to get them. Not, not because, see, see what happens is sometimes people get gifts because they either want something or they're asking forgiveness. Oh, you all know about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no, do it when it's least expected. To know that the individual, whether it's your wife or your husband, they know that you're paying attention to that relationship. Get some tools for, uh, for your husband. You'd be like, husband, and be like, you know, oh, or I'm just husband, wife, and you like working on, on cars, you like, just get, get, him, get, him, get him a tool. Another part that you can protect your, your, your marriages or relationship is that you must prioritize the time to spend together. Be intentional in setting up a, a time for each other. For example, scheduling date nights. Schedule a weekend away. Protect your relationship. You can go hiking. You can go walking together. You can go biking together, go canoeing. You can go to the gym together. You can go worship together. You can pray together. Amen. Amen. I want to share this also is that when you, when you are protecting your marriage, let me share a few things, that are three things that you need to protect yourself from. First of all, protect your marriage from your children. Oh, I know, right? We got to love our children. Let me be bold enough to say that the children should not be running your relationship. We love our children, but what happens is when, when we have children, we tend to forget about our relationship of spending time together because we are taking care and making the, uh, sharing love with our children. But what happens to the relationships that if you start focusing on the children, oh, we can't go out because our children are home. We can't set up a schedule because something always happens. And so what happens is that when you start separating, 
You start allowing for your children to cause a, a, a disruption in protecting of your marriage and your relationship together when they get t- uh, older and they are out of the house, it will be more difficult for you to continue with your relationship. Why do I say that? Because all the, now all of a sudden, all the time and energy you've given on your children and you did not spend on your spouse, then when the child is no longer there, you don't know. It's like, what, what do we do now? So if you have children, find family members. Find someone you trust, you know, and schedule. Be intentional about scheduling something that you can go out to a dinner, even, even if it's just two hours and if you do that, don't be on the phone checking, checking up on your children. We do that a lot, oh, especially the very first time or a few times in the very beginning. It's like, oh, man, it's like, how are they doing? Or they're texting, and then what happens is you're taking time away from what's supposed to be intentional, having a meal together. There are times that my wife would be like, oh, I, I, got, I got a call to make sure they're Okay. I was like, they're, they're fine. They, you know, what if it's an emergency? Well, they can call 911. <laughs> My concern is if they ask, what's the number? <laughs> that, then I'll be concerned. <laughs> but what happens is you, you, you want to take a moment to be there, even if it's an hour or two, just be present. Protect that relationship, protect your marriage. Let me also say this. It's not just your children that you have to protect your family or your marriage from. You gotta protect them from your parents. Ooh, I know. You gotta protect it from your parents. You have to build your own relationship. It is between you and your spouse. And what happens is, don't get me wrong, I have my two beautiful daughters and I got my son, you know, and, and I want the very best for them, but they also have to learn now. If they come in and say, Papi, uh, can, can you, what, what about this and what about that? And I pray that they have seen how I treat my wife that they are also receiving. It's like, this is what a man should, how a man should treat um, his wife or this is how the wife should treat her husband, and they, that not only saying it, but they're seeing it. But at the same time, they have to create their own relationship with that individual. So parents, stay out of it. I know, right? I, I, I told you, I told you. It's not, it, these these uh, topics are not easy. Now, that being said, I want to share with you that if there is something about safety, it's about the health of the individual, absolutely get involved and, 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 and try to get them into a safe place. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in a regular marriage that they're trying their best into creating that relationship. Allow them to. The same way with friends. Don't allow friends to get in the way when you were growing up and you were going to college and you were going, you know, different things because you were by yourself or, you know, single and you were doing so many other stuff and you want to get married and you want to continue with that lifestyle, then all of a sudden that you're not creating that relationship and building that relationship with the one you said the I do's to. Protect your marriage. 
Last week, I talked about that the Holy Spirit is a third person in the Christian marriage. It is a, a, a three-braided cord. It's not easily broken. You should rely on the Holy Spirit to help you and to protect your marriage, to protect your relationship through sacrifice, through, and through love and the good times and not so good times, by saying together through the fears and the worries and the anxieties. See, God protected our relationship with him when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. He wanted that relationship with you and with me, and he did everything he could to make sure that it was sealed, that whatever it happens, that's not gonna take my love away from you. So I wanna go into the book of Romans chapter eight. The words will not, may not be in the, in the lower thirds, but in, in, the, in the screen here. But Romans chapter 8, where it says on verse 35, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Verse 37 says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. He wanted to protect that relationship between God and us as to call ourselves sons and daughters of the almighty God. And he did all he needed to do to make sure that we knew that he loved us. And verse 38 says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Amen. Amen. No power in the sky above or the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God set the example to protect that relationship in our marriages, to protect what can we do that will be sacrifice but there will be love and there will be patience, there will be forgiveness, there should be mercy. We have a great example in God and what God has done for us through Jesus. But one thing I wanna share with you also, ladies and gentlemen, is that not only are we talking about the, uh, the physical adultery, we're not only talking about the psychological adultery, but we also must keep in mind and pay attention to our spiritual adultery. The same way that you're, you stand before your, 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 your bride or your groom and you're saying yes to them, you're saying no to others, we got to do the same thing with God Almighty. We have to. Why? Because, okay, God, I want, uh, here, I give my life to you, God. I, I want to I do the very best I can. I know that I'm not perfect, but I'm so thankful that you have forgiven me. And every day, every single day you give us is another day of opportunity. God, thank you. I know I'm not perfect. I know that my, my marriage is not perfect, God, but I need your help. I can't do this alone. But what happens is we, we make that relationship with God, but then we're seeking other gods 
and we're committing spiritual adultery with them. What are the gods that you are allowing to, to have a separation between the relationship you're supposed to be having with God? Is it your job? Is it your devices? Is it money? Is it success? God provided us with the precious Son, Jesus, to be our Lord and our Savior. And we have that great example in what he has done for us to see how we can do that and apply it in our marriages and in our, in our relationships. You said yes to that one person. Put your guard. Protect that marriage. Because temptation will come your way. It's not if, but when. And if you think the devil's going to come to you, the devil doesn't like when Christians are happy. The devil doesn't like when relationships are happy and that we're giving honor and glory to God. He doesn't like that. So he's not going to come with you with horns or, you know, pitchfork or in black or fearful. He's going to come at you in ways that is going to cause you to fall. And we have to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, because if you say, oh, adultery and stuff, that's never going to happen to me. I know where I stand, but be careful because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, if we think that we're standing strong, be careful we do not fall. God, at this very moment, I pray for every relationship that's here, every marriage that's here, God. There are some who have gone through what I'm talking about, whether it's here in person or those who are watching online, God. The adultery has broken the covenant and it devastates the relationship. The trust factor is there that's been affected. But God, as I've shared before, yes, we have all the rights and all the, the, the to, to even separate and divorce when adultery happens. But I also believe that there's opportunity for forgiveness and to rebuild that relationship I've seen it happen, God. We try to do it alone, but I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will lead us, that will guide us, because the Holy Spirit knows about love. The Holy Spirit has known about sacrifice. The Holy Spirit also knows about mercy and forgiveness. So I pray for every relationship that's here, God, and for those who are watching online or hearing it on our podcast, God. We thank you that you are the great example that we can follow in our marriages and relationships. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.